Hey everyone, it's scriptwriter Steve. This is Barbecue to Movies. Today is December 15th, and I'm podcasting at around 3.30 a.m. in the morning here in Hawaii. Yep, it's one of those late-night podcasts. I just got finished with some work, and I thought I'd just hop on here just to talk to you folks because um, there's some news that is coming out, and, I, and I, re I really wanted to talk about the Dominion machines so everyone gets on the same page on regarding... Um, what they found out about these Dominion machines, because a lot of it, a lot of the information that came out, it wasn't clearly, it wasn't clearly explained in the articles that came out explaining how, how how the voter fraud worked. Because we were told that you know number one, they were um, there was an algorithm that actually switched votes. Now that may actually still be um, valid, but that's not exactly what they found over there in Michigan, and what they found there in Michigan. Is possibly even worse. So I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that, um, but right now, um, before I cut to a commercial, I just wanted to update you with, with um, some headlines that, um, here on the Epic Times. Um, over there in Wisconsin, it's really really interesting because Wisconsin's Wisconsin Supreme Court they ruled that a pandemic doesn't exempt exempt voters from proving who they are. So that even if they vote by absentee ballot. They still have to prove that they are who they are. They can't just receive a mail-in ballot um, just because they're on a mailing list. Mailing list. So what does that mean? Um, does that mean that there's going to be hundreds, maybe tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of votes tossed out of Wisconsin? Um, over there in Michigan, uh, this is where they, the, um, they actually were able to audit these Dominion machines. They came back and they found, and it, it was an independent audit that was that was done. Um, a security firm found really bad stuff on there, and we're going to get into this after I get all um, get past all this news here. But right now, coming out of Michigan, um, just two hours ago, um, witnesses of the 2004 Venezuelan election, they're alarmed by the voting practices and the, what happened here in America. They're seeing correlations, how the vote stopped, everything. It's just bad. So if they're seeing it, you know, it, I mean. Is it a conspiracy theory? Is this really a conspiracy theory? If this is a conspiracy theory, I mean, I swear it's a really well-written one because you know I can spot out conspiracy theories. And trust me, you know, sometimes they get me, sometimes they don't. But, but my God, there's like so much evidence here. You know, it, it's it really like if, if this was a conspiracy theory, we're talking, it's a conspiracy theory where there's so much information and so well-written with so little plot holes. I don't know how it could be a conspiracy theory. I, I just don't. I mean, if if the Loch Ness monster had this many, this much evidence, and this, these many witnesses, and th this many scientists coming out in favor and say, "Hey, you know what? Take a look at the Loch Ness monster," then the Loch Ness monster would be real. Especially if the doubters would say, "Oh no, you know, there's no Loch Ness monster because we said there's none." And stop looking. Just stop looking because there's nothing. You know, the, the, the science is in, the Loch Ness Monster doesn't exist, so just stop looking, ignore all, ignore everything you heard. If I heard that, I would really believe the Loch, the Loch Ness Monster exists. Anyway, going over to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona, their Republican electors, they actually casted their votes against their, um, their vote total, their state vote total, because they don't believe in it, and they voted for Trump, I think. So you have electors who are voting for Trump. Hmm, isn't that interesting, huh? So, 
you know, you know, if Biden if Biden does not get up to two hundred seventy, then they will then everything goes toward the, the state legislature, and we may see legislatures decide this. So all is not all is not lost, people. Um, and the, the fight is not over. Um, over in Georgia, um, the the Democrats are just. You know they're out there around. They don't want nothing changed. They don't want and they, they want these Dominion machines. They want them deleted. They want the servers wiped. Why? Why is that? Why, why do they want them wiped? Because they don't want the the server log to be known. I mean, and we'll get into this later. Right after I got, I got two more states to go. Um, Nevada, Nevada DMV records. They suggest that three thousand nine hundred eighty-seven non-citizens voted in the twenty twenty elections. Isn't that interesting? Oh, you know, you know. I, I guess every vote counts, though. You know, Joe Biden said every, every Joe Biden said every vote counts. So um, the three thousand nine hundred eighty-seven non-citizens, we have to count their vote. Uh, I don't understand why. I don't really don't understand why. You know, one of my friends, um, she can't vote because she's, um, I think she's here on a green card. Uh, but her friend got a mail-in ballot over there in California. Isn't that nice? Isn't that really nice? Okay, so Arizona. Arizona Senate Chairman to subpoena audit of Dominion machines. Ooh, ooh, in Arizona, they're going to audit the Dominion machines just like they did in Michigan. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Oh, boy. They're in for it now. And Dominion, they're out there just giving press releases and saying, oh, they want to sue people. They want to sue Newsmax. They want to sue the Epic Times. Anybody who says they're... Their machines are not um, uh, uh, are not val or not trustworthy. You know, right before the election, they got four hundred million dollars from the Chinese. The Chinese who hate us, you know, they 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 don't they think America is like you know the next great great Satan, but they don't say it like the Iranians do. But they do, you know. And I'm saying that I'm, I'm Chinese, by the way. I'm hundred percent no, but I'm hundred percent American. But my blood comes from China. I'm like fourth. Third or fourth generation, depending on which side of the, you know, my mom's side or my dad's side, which side you count. I may even be fifth generation. I, I really don't know. I stopped counting. I don't even speak Chinese. And I like the food, but I don't like real Chinese food because real Chinese food, when, you know, you really don't know where the meat comes from. You know, you really don't. Kind of scary. Okay, so um, I want to get into the Dominion machines right now. So, uh, and then after the Dominion machines, I'm going to go cut to sponsorship and then, um, and then I'll come back and I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about barbecue because I, I cooked a cow bee and it, and, and it came out okay, but didn't come out okay. So I, I still need to work on that. I really do. So I'm going to still, you know, tell you like my, my struggles with it. Um, and then we'll get into that, but we're going to talk barbecue today after the sponsors after Dominion, all right? So I'm going to keep the politics short, all right? So why don't we just go into this Dominion machines? So over in Dominion, a, constitu- a constitutional lawyer, he got, um, he was able to get his hands on Dominion machines, and then he got these Dominion machines audited by a third party, um, ones that he didn't, um, I guess he, he did, had no influence on, and and then um, they, they came back with some incredible results. Now, those results were going to be censored from the public. Um, and a judge finally, finally released all of, their, um, all of their findings. So here's what they found. Um, they found that um, the Dominion machines would separate ballots into two, um, into two um, categories. 
one was that a ballot was good and the other one one that a ballot was bad all right and um that that pile of bad ballots when it would go into the bad ballots of files um it, it would go into a, another file in the computer and this bad file right here once it's in this bad file um, anybody could actually go into that bad file and manipulate the vote because these votes were were considered um, they, they were they were considered unreadable um, they, they were considered uh, for some reason they were adjudicated they, they kept saying they keep they keep like to use that word adjudicated but we'll just say they're bad okay because so many people are saying what the hell is adjudicated mean right adjudicated it just means they're just refused for some reason so um, they're just bad ballots and good ballots. Now, the usual rejection rate of a bad ballot that is legally acceptable in the United States is, I think it's one out of 150,000. So that's about a 0.008% or something like that. They're very, very, very small. But 68% of the ballots were adjudicated or said they were bad and then put into this file inside of the computer. Now, what happens when it goes into this file that's adjudicated or bad files? Well, again... Anybody who's operating that terminal or accessing that terminal through the internet can change the votes. Yes, to to um, from Biden to Trump, Trump to Biden, they can vote for anyone there. And then they would just hit, click on OK, and now that vote is done. It, it, now that vote is actually calculated as a vote for whoever they voted for. It's, it's actually it actually goes from adjudicated to, to to good to OK. So from bad to good. Now, they're not rejecting the votes. They're saying these are bad votes and 68%, so they could actually be okay. Now, again, the usual re rejection percentage is 0.008%, not even a percent, not even a tenth of a percent. It's 68%. So they're flagging ballots that way in that, that should not be flagged, all right? And then they're changing that vote, and they found out that in this one county that was that they audited, um, Donald Trump had um, won by six thousand. But before, but before um, it was audited, um, Joe Biden had won that county. All right. So and then and then the the county said, oh, it was a user error, and then they said it was a algorithm error or, or a computer glitch, and now they're saying now it's back to user error. It's not user error. The the program is designed to throw in a really good amount of ballots. Even if the ballot is good, okay, so you scan the ballot in, and then it goes into this adjudicated file. Like this, it classifies it as bad. It classifies sixty-eight percent of the of the um, f of the scanned uh, votes as bad, and then an operator, either physically there or remotely in another country or remotely somewhere else, can literally change the vote to whatever they want, and then say it's a valid vote. So then it goes out of the adjudicated folder and into the okay folder. Now get this, now get this. Now you would think there would be some type of electronic trail. It, on these servers, the, the logs were wiped and everything in the adjudicated file, the bad file, they were deleted, completely gone. So you, no one could actually say, were they changed? The 68% that went there, what were they changed to? Were they changed at all? Nothing. So again, these servers were these servers were wiped clean, like how Hillary Clinton wanted to wipe her servers. 
well, well, actually not that clean because she she bleached it and then destroyed it with a hammer, right? So this is just one machine. Now, how are all the other machines across Michigan or Dominion across the entire? This is the software that Dominion uses. So how is it across the entire country that uses it? You think someone would actually adjudicate, you know, you know, changed adjudicated votes or the bad votes or the quote unquote bad? Because remember, remember, they're not really bad. They just say they're bad, right? And um, and, and here's the here's the thing that really upsets me about everything. They're they're saying these vote these these people who work in these these voting these voting um, precincts that they're they work there with no agenda, with no ill will. You know, we have. <laughs> It only takes a few people to throw an election, especially one like this, because that machine, they said, you can basically change thousands and thousands of votes all at one time. So that one machine can do it. So you, it would just take one person to change a thousand votes very easily with a click of a button. They could, they could, they could say all these votes that, went, that were formerly went for Biden, now they're going all for Trump. So they could screw over Biden if they wanted to as, to as well, right? But here's the thing. The people who... who work in these precincts are human. So they have just as much human character flaws as the rest of us. They have they could be agenda driven. I bet the most of them are okay and want to work and and do their part. But I bet it only takes a few, a few to do so much damage. It it, it does. It really doesn't take that much. And it doesn't take like this huge network of you know ten thousand people or like a one million people to change to change the, the course of the vote, it would maybe take only about 50 or 100. Or if they have a computer team, it won't take that many people to change things in, you know, if they operate in a very slim fashion. For Venezuela, it took only, I think, one or two people to change the votes in Venezuela. So how many, uh, you know, and for the fact that a lot of these machines were hooked up to the internet, that they're not supposed to be, but they said, but they were, they were, they were. So what does that say? Yeah, and it doesn't mean that, you know, it, maybe some machines work, some, some machines work. But, you know, <laughs> you know, get this. I, I remember when I traveled and the TSA went through my luggage. And the TSA is supposed to be on the up and up. And they ended up stealing some things that were inside my luggage. Right. And there's, again, and I tried to make a claim for it. And they said, well, you can't make a claim for it because there's no proof that you actually owned it. Well, again, the TSA is supposed to be on the up and up, and here they are stealing. They're federal workers. They get paid to do a good job. You know, that, that's Homeland Security, and they're stealing stuff. The post office, you have certain people throwing out votes. I, I bet 90% of them are great. And it's, and it's like that in every single industry. You have priests that are pedophiles. You have teachers that are pedophiles. You, you know, in my industry, you know, you have writers who are really bad, bad and just lying to everyone. And then you have oh, my other industries that I'm in, like the wedding industry. You get people who rip off. They're good people. You have good people who rip off people. Good people. Well, not they're, I guess they're not good because they rip off people, but they sure, they sure were good at one time. And people who would find out that they're ripping them off, wow, they're really surprised. They're really, really surprised. Wow, I thought he was such a good person and all that. And then all of a sudden, that person's taking their money and moving to a different state. So it happens in the wedding industry, man. It's horrible. It happened more since COVID. A lot of these wedding companies, man, they, they just upped and left. They, they took their down payments and they, they booked weddings and booked weddings. No, no refunds. And pff, 
Off to Florida they went. So I'm not going to name names, but that's what they did. That's what they did. You know, so, uh, yeah. The, and, you know, it, the, the Dominions, the machines, it makes, it, it makes cheating very easy. They're not secure machines. They're made to cheat. You know, and, um, and right now, in all of these, um, all of these states, they're erasing the data. They're erasing the adjudication logs. They're erasing the system logs, logs to show that who, who, who logged in and where. Isn't that interesting? And we're not. And it's, this is all a conspiracy theory. So all of this stuff just happened to be. I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. All right, people. That's all I have to share for you for that. We're going to come back and talk about barbecue. Now, I got that out of my system. We are going to talk barbecue. We're going to talk cowboy. And I'm going to tell you what cowboy is in case you don't know it. For all you people who don't know what Korean food is, all right? Okay, so uh, I got the messages. I got to pay the bills. So hold on, okay? Hold on. Just stick around. Okay, and I am back. I'm actually back here. I hope you're back. And um, we're going to talk all about barbecue and my misadventures creating this Kalbi meat. And uh, we're going to put that Dominion machine that we're talking about in the corner. Because Dominion is a, being a bad boy. And it deserves spanking, maybe a hammer to the head. Because we don't need these machines in our life whatsoever. We'll just be a little counterphobic and destroy what we're paranoid of. Why don't we just say that? Okay, so... um. We're going to talk about barbecue, my adventures right now of uh, doing this kalbi. Uh, for those of you who are not aware of, of what kalbi is, it's, it's, first of all, it's, it's spelled K-A-L-B-I. And kalbi is um, the Koreans' way of marinating their meat. The Koreans love to marinate their meat. They're not like Japanese because Japanese love to um, create meat or even, uh, I mean, they like to create meat. But, you know, they like to eat their meat by, 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 by frying it or barbecuing it and then dipping it in a sauce. They are sauce people. So even when you eat sashimi or sushi, right, it's always like, you know, cut the sushi and then dip it. Um, you know, it's, it's always about dipping, 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 dipping. Koreans are always about marinating and make, making the meat stand for, well, not really stand for itself, but just marinating the hell out of it. So uh, two different styles of cooking. Um, I do prefer the Korean style over the over the um, the Japanese style, just to be completely honest, and here in Hawaii, um, because we're just a, a melting pot of different cultures, <clears throat> we we have both. We have the best of both worlds. So we have our own version of Japanese food. We have our own version of, of Korean food, and it's all mixed up together. And our food kind of tastes different. So like we have our own kalbi, but uh, our marinades are made much different um, than the Koreans do, and then our. And then we have our own versions of um, of raw of raw um, of raw fish. We call it pokey, right? So pokey was pokey was created here in Hawaii. I mean, it's catching on throughout the entire world. Um, but again, that's uh, and then we put some soy sauce and everything in there. But again, it's our own version of, of say you know sashimi and everything like that, right? So um, it's pretty interesting. It's very very interesting here, here in Hawaii. The food here is just incredible. Like I've. Everybody who comes in here just loves this food. You just get fat here. That's why I have so many fat locos. In fact, this whole COVID thing, I've been gaining so much weight here. But um, I hope it's muscle. I really do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it is, though. I really don't. Okay, so, so why don't we get on to this whole thing here? Um, okay, so uh, my thing is that I wanted to make kalbi um, a different way using my friend's recipe. Now, my friend, she's a very good cook. But she, and she's from Korea. 
and she gave me this kalbi recipe maybe about a month ago. Kind of messed up on it back then um, because it didn't make enough re- enough um, marinade to to put it inside the uh, to, to marinate my cut my my short ribs. So uh, this time I tried to do it the same way. I, I deleted her her message by mistake. So I kind of went off the top of my head, but it didn't matter any, anyway because she said. <laughs> flavor it to taste, which is like the most horrible thing, you know, anyone could ever do. Cause you know, for, for me, I'm, you know, I need, you know, a t- tablespoon of this, one cup of this and everything like that. And, and she cooks like my mother. Like, oh, it's flavor to taste because you know, that's how, that's how real chefs cook. They just flavor it to taste. And I said, oh, is it, is it one cup of this, two cups sugar? She goes, I don't know. It's just flavor it. It got to be a little sweet though. She kept telling me it had to be a little sweet. And boy, okay, so I, what I did is I put it together, and, and, her, and her marinade, so my mother's marinade is like this. We have, um, it's uh, just off the top of my head, she uses, a, my, my mother uses aloha shoyu, throws in, some, throws in sugar, sh- sugar, chili pepper, garlic, onions, and a little liquor, and a little ses- sesame seed. And then, little, um, and then my friend, she uses shoyu, but then she uses Korean shoyu, and then her liquor comes from Korea. And then the way both marinades are sweet now, but how they get to their sweetness is a little different. So my friend who's from Korea will use honey and they'll use um, a Korean pear to get to sweetness. So she, um, she had me um, shred up a Korean pear, squeeze out all the juice, and then, um, and, and then use that to get it to the sweetness. And then on, on top of that, I, I put sugar on top of that as well. But she also uses um, Coca-Cola as a way to add a, add a little sweetness and to also break down the meat. And then a little slice, very tiny slices of kiwi, which I skipped. Because kiwi, though, you have to know how to use kiwi. Kiwi breaks down meat like you would not believe. Uh, one time she told me... Um, to put a little slices of kiwi, and I put like a, like the whole thing, the whole kiwi inside of the the marinade, and that thing just dissolved the meat. I had no meat left. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how this works. Maybe kiwi helps you like um, lose weight. I don't know, but it dissolved the meat. So she told me you have to just put a little tiny slice to to make it a little a little um, less tough. But um, I didn't do that this time because I was completely scared. I mean, I, I had PTSD from the last time. So uh, I, I cooked the meat, um, I marinated it for two days, and um, I cooked it over a grill. You know, um, my father, my, my two grandfathers made a grill before they died for, for, the, for my father, father and mom. And so the grill's been in our, in our whole family for like years. They, they made it, they both worked as aircraft mechanics, and, they, and I think they stole aircraft aluminum to, and welded it together to make us this, this like indestructible um, grilling machine that we have in our backyard so it's really great you can't buy it anywhere else and it's it's um it, it's basically lasting forever but um so i cooked it on there um and i used a little guava wood seasoned guava wood uh for those of you who don't know what um what season means it just means dried so you, you when you when you take a piece of wood you want to dry it out on the side so it doesn't smoke because whenever you have a smoke to itself then it becomes um it tastes like gasoline. It can make your food taste like gasoline. So if, if you ever want to cook with a wood, you want to make sure you keep it to the side for a bit to make sure that no smoke comes out of it. You, you, even though you want smoke flavor, it's coming from the flame. It's not coming from the smoke. Just remember that. You never want that dirty smoke flavor. Okay, that's number rule number one of barbecuing or grilling or anything like that. Make sure your wood is seasoned and dry. 
It doesn't have to be fully dry because a little smoke is okay. Just a little. And it also depends what type of wood you're using. Now, guava, guava is very interesting because if it is a little smoky, a little dirty, it's one of those woods that are very mild and mild in taste. So uh, it adds a little, um, it does add a little bit of a saltiness like a salty sweet to your meat. So that's what I thought I used it because I wanted to, it to make it even more sweet. Um, so I, I finished cooking it and I cooked it perfectly where, where, um, or basically it was, uh, at a very hot fire, by the way, really, really hot, like way too hot. Um, usually when you cook, when you grill, uh, you want to put your hand right above the grill. And if you can hold it for one second and, and take it on, you take, you hold it for there for one second. And if you can hold it there for longer, that means your fire's too weak. But if you can just, if your hand just lifts off there immediately, that means it's way too hot at grill level. So my, I only could hold my hand maybe about a foot above the, a foot and a half above the grill level for one second. That means that fire was extremely hot at grill level. But I still put the meat on. You're not supposed to, but I was like, I was hungry, so I knew for a fact I'd have to like start flipping it more, more, more and more and more, so I don't, I don't burn it. And I had a cool side of the grill, um, so so I would grill it and put it on there. It was, it was, it was a chore, you know, I would grill it and then put it on the cool side and then everything. I was a conveyor belt, this, this like magician of meat. My hands were moving with tongs and everything. I was like, perfect. So the meat came out perfect. It was a little, what we call it here in Hawaii, we call it papa'a. It means it's a little burnt. You have it on the corners of the edges and maybe some grill marks, a little papa'a, the little black parts we call papa'a. And uh, those add a little bit of, you know, salty bitter on top of there. So it's really good. You want a little bit of, of, of that, right? You know, you want, um, so just a little papa'a. Nice word, right? Papa'a. You'll learn that. And then, um, and uh, I also used a thermometer. So I cooked it till it was about 120, 130 on the inside. And that's about medium. That's about rare. That's rare. And then I, when I was finished with that, I put the meat into a, a metal pot. And I put it on the side and let it rest for about 10 or 20 minutes. And again, because all the kalbi is in there, it's hot, right? It's going to cook. So it cooked to medium rare. Then when we served it, it was, it was perfect. It was like papa on the outside, nice little grill marks here and there that you, that would just, it just added a little, little depth of flavor there and cut into it with your knife. It was nice and pink in the middle. Not, not rare, medium rare, just pink, just really, really nice and pink. Oh, by the way, the meat that we're using, it's um, short rib with the bone in. It's not the short rib that you do barbecue with where it's like about, you know, six inches to a foot long. These are especially made for cowbie. So where they cut it straight down. So you, so each one is only about, um, you have the three, three ribs on there and then you cut it straight down, um, uh, I guess perpendicular to it. And then, uh, and then you have uh, in, in about anywhere between one to one centimeter. So one inch or one centimeter. Um, some, some restaurants, they'll serve it really, really thin. And then, um, but this butcher, he had one inch, about one inch thick ones, which I love. That means the meat's thick. And then on top of the bone, um, you have about maybe about any, anywhere be between one centimeter and one inch. So it was a pretty good amount of meat inside there. It was really nice. The thin ones, of course, by the way, they cook really, really quick. And there's all different ways to actually, um, there's all different ways to actually cook um, or not to serve the meat with the bone. Um, the real Korean, Korean style is that they take the whole short rib and they kind of cut around it. And then they have with the bone on one side and this long piece of meat. This is long piece of meat on the other side. And it's really cool that way 
but I like mine the Hawaii Hawaii style where you have the three bones in there, then you have the meat in there. Hard to describe over the podcast, by the way. I wish I, I wish you could see. I, I wish I should do video one day. Maybe I'll do video one day. Who knows? So um, anyway, the meat though, while it was cooked perfectly, came out a little on the salty side. A little on the salty side. And again, I messed up on the marinade. I, know. I, I didn't make it sweet enough. I did not. So that's my adventure. So my my mom's version is, you know, I can I can do that pretty good. But, you know, like I told my mom, like, you know, I love her cooking. I, I think her kalbi is probably the best, one of the best I've tasted in Hawaii. But my friends who are Korean, their style of kalbi is much different and it tastes different. And there's a different depth of flavor to it. And um, I just have to get my friend to go and cook it for me. Because uh, I can't, I can't cook it for for the life of me. I have to see like how they're how exactly they're getting it to sweet, uh, you know. So um, it was a fail for me. It was a fail for Pitmaster Steve. Some people know me, by the way, as Pitmaster Steve. I'm not just a screenwriter. I'm also a Pitmaster. So <laughs> I wear a lot of hats, by the way. You, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you wear a lot, a lot of hats. So um, yeah. I wish I could tell you that, you know, give you some good advice on how to cook a good kalbi. But uh, no, I can't. I'm still learning. I am still learning. So, and I bet you have some, you know, you're Korean out there. You're probably saying, Steve, I know exactly what you did wrong. And if you do, email me at steve at scriptwritersteve.com. That's about it. Tell me your secrets. Tell me your secrets. All right, people, that is it for the podcast for today. Sorry, I didn't have a good barbecue story. And, uh, you know, I didn't talk about movies yet. I didn't talk about Wonder Woman, who is, which is coming out on December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm wondering, should I go see HBO? Should I see it on HBO Max or should I see it in the theaters? I'm not afraid of COVID, by the way. I'll go out all the time. Just got to wear a mask, right? Yeah, I don't know about the mask thing, too. We can talk about that whole thing later. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for the show today. Thanks for hanging around. If you like me now, remember you can subscribe to me on Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and also Spotify. And you can also find uh, find my podcast also on scriptwritersteve.com and also see what the hell I'm doing on Scriptwriter Steve and how a lot of movie reviews on top of there and a lot of instructional things on how to tell a story. Okay, people, that's about all. See you later.